Welcome to another week of this Can't Be Life podcast. I am your host, Kay the Rebel. Find me on Instagram podcast page is TCBL Podcast, and my personal page is at Kay the Rebel. Any inquiries, um, comments, or um, want to do a collaboration or anything, uh, my email address is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. I know I'm supposed to be releasing weekly, but um, I had to take a week off last week because I had like extreme brain freeze. Like my creative juices just were not flowing. And um, I did find something, you know, that I wanted to use to record, but I really wanted to like organize my thoughts before I even, you know, got on here and recorded. Um. I want to say that I truly appreciate people who have still been tuning in. Um, I don't know who this was, just, you know, when you check your stats or algorithms, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that there was somebody in Puerto Rico that has, like, listened to, like, a handful of my episodes, like, over the course of a few days or within the last week. And I don't know who you are, but thank you so much for the support. And that's another reason why, yeah, I still continue to keep going and doing this because I think I said this probably when I celebrated my first year of podcasting and I just was like it's dope knowing that somebody somewhere hears me I don't really have much to say um as far as the pandemic goes um I definitely think opening businesses and things like that. It could be a a little bit premature, but I'm still going to try to take the optimistic approach and just hope that everything will be okay and that things don't get any more worse than they already have. This is um, episode 77, and this episode is inspired um by a documentary that i watched um about a week ago and um you ever subscribe to things or pay for something that you never use well a long time ago i had paid for the urban movie channel or subscribed to it and i used it to watch this show called monogamy that i was completely interested in but i decided to go on there you know with being home in the house, like, okay, I had not binge watched everything. What else can I watch? And when I went on to the Urban Movie Channel app on my phone, they had, like, this um, category for, like, Lisa Ray's um, top 
top features. And then I saw this documentary called Light Girls. And I'm like, oh, well, what's this about? So um, I read the, you know, brief synopsis and it said that it was talking about colorism and colorism from the perspective, I guess, of women um, of color who are fair skin or light skin. Um, this documentary came out in 2015 and the director is um, Bill Duke. And there were just a lot of, um, of course, interviews that took place or commentary you know, by the certain celebrities um, or people just ha that have ties to the industry. Lisa Ray, Iyanla, this actress, Erica Hubbard, um, Raven Simone, Sally Richardson, um, Nia Lee from Love and Hip Hop, Amber Rose. And um, yeah, it was just, it, it, it caught my eye and then it just got me to thinking about a lot of things. So I was like, you know what, uh, I'm talking about this, there it goes. I guess I wanted to start off this, this episode sharing an antidote before I get into more about the documentary. But when I watched that documentary, it really took a, had me take a trip down memory lane and made me think about my freshman year of high school where I was friends with um, two girls um, one that was a little bit darker than me and one a little bit lighter than me. And we used to, well, anybody that's from Boston, you know, we would go to the Shavu skating rink and kind of take the bus home. So one evening when we were taking the bus home, we saw some girls that we knew were um, from a certain area. Like they were one of those girls that like claimed a block or a set or whatever. And we saw them on the bus and they were kind of like snickering at us or looking. And like we peeped the vibe, but we didn't think nothing of it, rolling their eyes, saying stuff. But we just kind of left it alone because, you know, we were kind of sheltered, the three of us. And so the rule was like, okay, if you guys are going to take public transportation, there doesn't need to be any drama, nothing happening. So anyways, um, they were getting off the the bus, um, it looks like, before us. And when they were getting off the bus, we found it kind of odd that they would walk from the front of the bus to then exit out of the back. And I mean, when I saw them coming, I had a feeling something bad was going to happen, but it just all happened so quick. But needless to say, they um, snatched the chain of the light-skinned friend and then just got off the bus and took off running. So obviously there was nothing that we could do. You know, it was basically kind of like a, a robbery of sorts. And then when we went back to that light-skinned friend's house, she was mixed where her mother was Caucasian and her father was black. And I remember like her mother, like I guess maybe at that time, just being a ninth grade, someone that wasn't aware of colorism or not able to read between the lines. But it's just funny because now as a 34 year old woman and watching the documentary and remembering that moment, I was like, wow, that was like my early introduction to colorism because I find it interesting that now that I watch this documentary and see things from a different perspective, I think it was interesting, uh, one, that the two girls that were involved in this robbery of the chain snatcher, they were dark-skinned girls, um, and that we, all three of us had on chains that day. It was like a thing to have like a, um, 
like the Cuban link chain kind of, like the Mickey Mouse head piece or whatever. That was a thing. Well, within our group, it was a thing. We all had one of those um, chains, but different ones, obviously, depending on what jewelry exchange you went to in downtown Crossing. But um, it's just amazing how, with me, just, I guess, being a brown-skinned girl, we had a dark-skinned friend, but why they chose to snatch the chain of the light-skinned girl. Or when we had to return to her house because that's where we were going, it's just funny how her Caucasian mother, like, instantly wanted to question, like, why would they take her daughter's chain and not take ours? And I don't know, looking back then, if she was trying to insinuate, like, maybe we could have set this up or maybe we could have did something I don't know and even like her father was just kind of like well describe these girls and what did they look like and were they this and that and I don't know I really couldn't talk too much about the verbiage of course because it's so many years ago but just now when I'm taking the time to look back it's just like wow you know um hmm yeah I, I didn't even know that in that moment, that was definitely um, a, a true example of um, colorism. And looking back, I wonder like those two dark skinned girls that committed the robbery or whatever, like as of today's day, I wonder what their story is. You know, if colorism has been an issue for them or I wonder, this person that I was friends with back then, of course, we don't talk anymore. There isn't any beef or anything. I mean, I can't even remember the last time I seen her. But I wonder, like, what that felt like for her. Like, what if that was that moment that made her become that light-skinned girl, that mixed girl that feels like dark-skinned sisters are always going to have a problem with her or be coming for her. Like, you just never know. Um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's just something to think about. But moving right on to the um, documentary, um, I'm just only going to talk about, I'm not going to really talk about exactly what everything they were saying. I just feel like if somebody wants to watch it, they, they can watch it. I think they have it on Amazon that you could uh, watch it or I think it's only like five bucks or I don't know. But yeah, um, a question that they posed on the docu documentary was a question that is often asked in the black community or not even in the black community. A lot of people will ask you this, like, what are you? And for me, I know I've always hated that question because it's kind of like the vibe can be going so well. And then the moment that somebody asks that, it's like, okay, this is a, this is a buzzkill at that moment. Like, why are you even asking that? And what stinks though is that if that question is asked especially in the presence of somebody as in a woman who is more uh fair skin or light skin it just seems like we instantly have to go to you know they're biracial they're mixed with something you know um and i think people assume that off rip but that that what are you question is just supposed to be like an extra confirmation when I, somebody's already assuming you're mixed with something but um i also feel like sometimes in the black community 
and I'm not saying that I'm coming to the defense of light-skinned women. I'm also just being a realist about the situation. I feel like in those moments when we ask them that, if they're quick to say, like, oh, I'm mixed or I'm this or that, there tends to be a lot of people that will get offended by that, whether, they in, whether they're brown skin or whether they're dark skin. You know, I noticed that some women will catch an attitude, you know, and be like, oh, Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, she mixed or whatever, whatever. And I just kind of think um, maybe we could be wrong for that. I mean, we don't really know everyone's story. Um, what made me kind of think like that is because there was one of the commentators on the documentary that just basically said, like, she was born mixed, you know, with a Caucasian mother and a, and a black uh, uh, father. And that she always, all of her good memories as a child and most of the fun that she had was with her Caucasian side of the family. That sometimes when she went around her father's side of the family, it was kind of, you know, a little ghetto, some instability and stuff like that going on. So she also felt like she would receive more love and attention and welcoming from her Caucasian side of the family. So kind of sometimes like whether it was something like on social media or something and people would see that, that's the side that I guess that she hangs out with more or whatever that people kind of judge you like, oh, like, you know, you're still black or whatever. Oh, yeah, she thinks she's white or whatever. And it's like, essentially, she, she is, you know, and sometimes we're just quick to make assumptions and you don't know. How do we know that that doesn't start like with her family? What if she gets feels welcomed or loved when she's with her mother's side of the family but then when she goes on her black side of the family maybe she does feel some type of energy from them maybe because she said that her father was was dark skin and that you know his family members were either brown a lighter brown or dark or darker skin and that yeah that they always looked at her like because she had different texture hair and whatever. I mean, I don't think I need to get into details. It's obvious. And I don't think she was coming across like, oh, they were hating. I think she was just basically saying that they didn't embrace her the same way. So with that being said, I just think that sometimes we have to stop taking offense to people that want to embrace that. I mean, they can't help who they are. They didn't ask to be here. Or sometimes it even makes me think about like older generations. They will shut that down. Like, not that I'm trying to put my grandmother in the hot seat but like she's one of those people where say as if maybe we're watching something and there'll be a situation similar to like the one I just described and my grandmother will be the first one to yell out oh girl please get out of here with that mixed stuff like your behind is black or whatever and it's just like technically she isn't I mean her mom's Caucasian or whatever you know but then I also have to put myself even though some people could say oh like oh you know Kay's grandmother is ignorant or this that and the other and I can't really say that because my grandmother just grew up in an era where oppression discrimination prejudice racism that's all she knows and sometimes I guess that makes her a little bit biased but then again it doesn't make her biased because we still live in a society like that nothing has changed um, since she was coming up, if we're really going to talk about that. 
So, um, yeah, it's just like I've, I've watching that documentary have me really flipping like both sides of the coin. And that um, makes me think about the next thing that I took from watching that documentary is that um, the whole like kind of they talked about this um, and broke it down in different ways, like overcompensating to like prove black blackness. And I think that there are um they were there were some light skinned women that gave um commentary about how sometimes with them being mixed or biracial, maybe they could just be they could be Spanish and black, but that sometimes they feel like they gotta choose one if they're in a room full of black people or they're conversing with black people, that they gotta choose that black side because the minute you seem like you're favoring more with the other side, that you know, people will jump on you. So they would they will act more black to kind of fit in to feel like they belong, you know? And then that kind of sitting there and listening to that reminded me of a situation that I was in where I feel like it was the exact opposite, that I was around somebody that was light-skinned, a light-skinned woman, you know, with hair that it it was textured. It wasn't really, really coarse. And um, I just felt like when we started talking about, like, some hood stuff, because it was her and then me being the brown girl in the room, and then the rest were black, black guys. And then she just had to go and make a point to say that she was not 100% black and that she was half German. And I was fucking annoyed by that. Like, why did you even have to mention that? Because we're talking about something completely hood or we're just talking about, you know, making some type of black joke. But why do you got to point out that like you're half German? Is it because you're acting like what we're saying doesn't apply to you? Like people could say, maybe you're reading too much into it. I don't know, but I was annoyed by that. Like, Bitch, no one fucking asked you that. Seriously, why, why are you mentioning it? I, I, I don't get it. Um, I liked um, listening to Amber Rose's um, commentary. Um, and, you know, she's white and Caverdian. And, of course, when people see her, they instantly just automatically say she's, like, full-blown white girl or whatever, which she really isn't. But anyways... Um, she was actually very transparent and stated that her white side of the family, I don't remember if her white side of the family is maternal or paternal, I'm not sure. But I know she was basically saying her white side of the family kind of did raise her to have this mindset that fair skin meant that you were more superior and um, sometimes them not always liking, you know, black Americans. And if anything, she said that she was glad that she kind of had her own you know, made up her own mind about how she was going to approach society when she went out into the world. And that, if anything, it seemed like it made her do the opposite, the same thing that they were telling her that, I guess, was beneath her or whatever, that it made her more drawn. It made her more curious, and which is why, you know, she obviously likes to date men that are African-American, Black American, whatever you want to call it. And Unfortunately, um, she did state that 
she has been, you know, accused of like, oh, she only has light skin friends. She really doesn't have like brown or or darker skin chocolate queens or whatever as friends. And she was like that half the time, like when she was a stripper and stuff like that, that the women that were darker, that they always would kind of come at her. Like they would just have this energy like, oh, you know, she thinks she's cute or blase blah. And for her, it was just like, okay, like this is becoming you know, too much, like, whatever. And that it's not that she intentionally just kind of, you know, it's easier to establish a connection with people that are the same complexion as her, just that the dark-skinned sisters just were not very nice to her, you know? Um, the next, I guess, uh, fun fact that I learned while watching that doctor documentary was that colorism kind of just isn't here in the U.S., that there's plenty of other countries that praise lighter people, particularly women who are lighter. Um, that happens in the West Indies. It happens like in Nigeria, India, um, Japan. And in a lot of those countries, there definitely is light skin privilege. So kind of like how we go hard here in the States and we talk a lot about white privilege. Well, in those countries, being light skin is, is a privilege is basically what the documentary um, talked about. And um, there was like a small piece of the documentary where they did talk about, you know, that... Um, is there really room for the chocolate queens or chocolate sisters kind of like in the industry or whatever? And there was commentary from Alexander, uh, the dark-skinned guy that was a host on America's Next Top Model. Well, I kind of loved what he said because me, I'm a realist and I just like people that keep it real. And they got on the topic of Lupita. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Lupita. I don't know if you're supposed to say it like with a... Spanish thing. I don't know how you say it. But anyway, we all know that she was, you know, Black Panther. She's dark skinned, getting a lot of acting roles within like the last two, two to three years. But um, Alexander basically um, spoke his point of view and said that he was just not pleased, um, you know, with the fact that meaning he's happy to see somebody that dark, you know, thriving, but he called it, and I'm repeating this verbatimly, he said that her success is a temporary influence. And I completely agree with that. Sometimes I feel like, why as black people are we so excited that she's just that one dark skinned girl that kind of got the chance or okay then we also have somebody like Viola Davis or whatever, but it's just kind of like, we're we have to think about all the years like before that people could say oh it's changed but i guess i could go a little bit deeper than that and that yeah okay dark skin queens is winning now and this and that but why does it have to be that they were ever losing why does it have to be that oh now in today's society oh they can get roles and just because they are getting accepted for roles doesn't necessarily mean that they're paving the way for other dark-skinned girls because i just believe that colorism is just one of them things that's always going to exist that's just my personal opinion i'm not stating that as a fact but i agree with him um like he's basically saying that one minute she'll be in and then the next minute they'll be going back to embracing you know, women who are um, lighter skin. 
there was also a segment of the documentary where they gave commentary from a men's perspective about what what their experiences were with light-skinned women. And my God, who I ain't gonna lie, I was feeling some type of way about some of those comments, okay? And I don't have an issue with dark-skinned sisters. I don't have an issue with my complexion. I don't have an issue with anybody that's lighter than me. But um, it started off, that segment started off with some guy. I don't even remember his name because I was so annoyed with the message. But he had the nerve, this motherfucker, to use some analogy that how it goes is that you have a black car a white car and a red car when you go to shop at the dealership. And basically being with a light-skinned sister is basically equivalent to getting that red car. You know that if you, let's just take a Camaro for instance. He didn't use this car, but just saying. You got a black Camaro, a white Camaro, and a red Camaro going down the street. We all know which one is gonna attract the most attention. The red one. So he was basically saying red as in like red bone, light skin. I just, I, I, I didn't know if I wanted to throw up at that moment because I was just disgusted by him and his ignorance. I didn't know if I wanted to hop into my phone and just strangle him because I was fucking annoyed, seriously. Um, and next, um, there was some guy, I think he was like a comedian called Gary G. Thang Johnson. And he felt that, I guess, he was giving what his per his experience was of, like, dating light-skinned sisters versus ones that were darker. And he just kind of felt like, I don't, I'm not, this is not a quote from him verbatimly. This is just how I received um, the message he conveyed, which was that sometimes light-skinned women kind of treated him, like, poorly while when he felt he was in relations or dating someone that was brown or dark-skinned, that he felt that they were more supportive. I don't know if he was trying to... It's like he was trying to say, like, kind of like the light-skinned sisters can be, I guess, a little stuck up. But then I, I don't know if he could mean that. That would mean that they're stuck up and maybe gave them a challenge, but that dark-skinned sisters were easier to get along with. Or Yeah, I, I don't know what what he meant by it, but I do know the gist of it is that he has more, I guess, positive outcomes with women who are not light-skinned. Then there was some guy, um, he was like a younger kid, and I, I don't even know who he is or what he does, and maybe I'll Google it if I'm really bored and have nothing else to do. But he wanted to talk about how um, light-skinned women or basically were more of a trophy, that they could, like, get away with a lot of things, like, I think he was trying to allude that maybe they could be like whores. Um, maybe they may not even have the best body, but if they're like light skin or maybe they have good hair, that they will kind of be favored, um, you know, over the other ones. And then at first I was annoyed and thought that it was very rude for him to, to word it that way, but I kind of understood his perspective. So he's forgiven. And then... Um, Dallas Austin wanted to do the passive aggressive thing when he gave, you know, I think he's like a producer and he's Chili's baby father, I believe. But yeah, Dallas Austin was like that. Oh, he felt like when it came to like the music industry, that sometimes it's not all always about color, that it could just be about the attitude that'll make or break you. So in one minute, he's basically trying to say that sometimes I don't know if that they were 
casting women in certain videos and choosing the lighter ones. I don't know. So it's like, what are you saying? Because they have better attitudes. Like his his commentary was like literally less than a minute. And and I, I don't want to make an assumption about what he meant. But there's really not too many ways we could sway that that statement. It's not the color, it's the attitude. Because if we're talking about women who are in um, music videos or rap videos or whatever, that, yeah, a lot of the fair-skinned women are selected more than the, the, the dark-skinned women. So if you're saying that you guys are picking people based on attitude and not the color, um, then that would mean that if you have predominantly light-skinned women in your videos and not dark-skinned, so does that mean dark-skinned women have bad attitudes? I, I'm just saying. Maybe I need to add the nigga, DM him on Instagram or find him on Twitter to ask for clarification. Um, There were so many other men that commented, and I was annoyed, especially, I don't even understand, Um, what the hell is your name, Bill Duke, who directed this shit? Seriously, I don't know why you kept, having like comedians that were kind of like making jokes i just felt like colorism is not something that should be um used as material for jokes like um, that's just me i i don't i don't think so but anyways i think the comment that i loved the most or the person who shared their perspective about the light-skinned woman thing was from um the actor wayne brady and he said, which I'm quoting verbatimly, it's hard for black women to believe they're beautiful. And he was saying that since there's so much focus like on lighter skin or fair skin women, that sometimes he believes that when you do deal with a woman that is brown or, or probably more dark skin than like brown that sometimes they do tend to have a lot of insecurities and he feels because sometimes they are like in the shadow of lighter skinned women so when you tell them that they're beautiful sometimes they don't even believe you because society has painted this image that beauty is people who are of more fair skin and i totally agreed with that because there i mean there are a lot of people that yeah you tell a, a regular brown skinned woman or a dark skinned woman oh you know, she's beautiful. So I'm like, really? Oh, you know, thank you. But they, they really don't believe that. But I can't necessarily say that it's always about colorism. Sometimes it could just be their own personal struggles or trauma that they may have faced. Um, And then after that, they kind of just went on talking about, um, talked a little bit more about um skin color having an advantage in the workplace that, Sometimes it's definitely easier for a light-skinned sister to move up the ladder of success as opposed to a dark-skinned sister. And then, I don't know, that that theory seems like it could be true, but then coming from someone where my last boss that I had, my last manager, um, and a company that I used to work for, that she was a dark-skinned Jamaican woman, uh, and she was a total boss, somebody that I admired, and man, she could sit in a room full of um, white men and just control the room. And I loved that about her. And they did um, um, respect her. Well, to her face, I mean, sometimes I think they were a little shady. Like, who the hell does she think she is? Sometimes I don't always think it was about her color. I more so think that it was about her, her confidence. That even though she was a dark-skinned woman, she was not going to let anybody think that they were, like, inferior. Um... And I think the other thing that I took from it 
that I was going to have to agree with was towards the end, Angela Yee made a comment about how sometimes it makes her feel uncomfortable when, you know, we're in the black community and we're constantly doing this dark skin versus light skin jokes that we make. Somebody's acting light skin and this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, that shit is kind of corny. And I'm not going to lie. I've participated in some stuff like that before. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely some light skin shit or whatever. And yeah, I would have to say that I'm probably wrong for that. It really is ignorant to say that somebody acts light skin. There's no way that you could possibly act any race or any ethnicity. You're just you. People are just people. Um, But I don't want to keep rambling on and on because there's so many different things that I could say. So many different things I took from that documentary. But um, I think that you guys should all check it out. And um, that's it for this week. Until next time. And I'm out.